Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast and welcome to part of our family series. I am so glad that you are with us. This series is so exciting because we are talking about all things family. We're talking about marriage and parenting and sibling relationships and grandparenting. And God is so good to have brought so many great people to just speak to our hearts and encourage us. And one of those, of course, is my good friend, Davis Carmen. I'm so glad to have him back. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. It's been a while since you've been on, and I'm so thrilled um, that you get to be part of this series. So thank you for being with us. Oh, glad to be back. Always love uh, the conversations we have and talking about family life. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to have those kind of conversations to help us all to be encouraged, maybe get a few pointers to take away to uh, you know, make life even better than it was before. Yep. Yep. Life life is good. Um, Davis, thank you for being with us this week. I'm really excited about our topic this week. We were talking about radically intentional parenting and you were on some time ago as a couple months ago, and we were talking about um, a heart exam for homeschool dads. And you gave us an acronym and we walked through that acronym and how dads can be really intentional in their part of homeschooling and in leaving a legacy for their kids. And this week, we're going to talk about intentional parenting, and I think this is such an important topic to discuss. And you you now are the grandfather of six grandbabies, which is super exciting um, that God has brought you all of those. I know you talked about how you and your wife, Rachel, are empty nesters now for the first time. How's that going? It's going great. I mean, we're get, we've got more grandkids. We only had three a year ago, and now we got six. Wow. So 2022 was a bounty year uh, in the Carmen household. What a great way to celebrate all the pro-life decisions and events oh, yeah. that happened uh, last year. Yeah. Amen for that. Oh, praise God for good decisions that have been made. And we still pray for those who those states that are struggling with those decisions, but different topic. Um, so today we're talking about intentional parenting for those who have chosen life for their kids, which are pretty much everyone here who's listening and, um, you know, there are a lot of hard parts about parenting. It can be really discouraging. It can be hard. It can be exhausting. Um, but it also, you know, we talked about this um, the last time you were on, we talked about how parenting is a privilege. And so you tell me again, how long you and Rachel have been married? So we've been married 36 years. We have seven kids They're They've all left the nest, like we said, ranging in age from 19 to 32. Uh, three of them are married with kids. So one, our oldest has three, our second has two kids, and one of our daughters has their first. So uh, we did, had 26 years of homeschooling, all seven of them. Uh, two boys on the front end, two boys on the back end, and the three girls tucked safely in the middle. So, uh, yeah, it's been a very full life, uh, lots of yeah. experiences, lots of things we learned along the way, and I hope to share some of that today. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to talk this week about... 10 things that you and your wife have focused on and, and, and just really been intentional and in making the best decisions you can make. I know as parents, we sometimes make decisions that we think are the best at the time. And then we look back and we're like, mm, maybe that wasn't the best decision to make. I, we already have a couple of those in our home where I'm like, 
man, I wish that we had chosen differently. Nothing that has been life shattering, praise God, but things that still I wish, I wish that I had someone else who had maybe been there to guide me a little bit in a different direction in my parenting. And it would have prevented me maybe from making some of the decisions that I've made. So um, let's just jump into these. Let's talk about, you know, these decisions that you've made and how you and Rachel were very intentional in your parenting with your kids. Uh, yes. So uh, you talked about some of the good and bad decisions uh, that you've made. We've all been there. Uh, this presentation came about by somebody who was uh, earlier on in their parenting, coming to Rachel and I as a couple that was further down the path and saying and asking us a question. They asked us, what were the top one, two, or three decisions you, you made in your parenting life? And we had some pretty quick answers to that. And then I stepped away, and in the days that followed, I started thinking about, oh, wow, there, there was a couple other good decisions that I think we made. We talked to our young adult kids and asked them what they thought were some of the good decisions we made. That added to the list, and that's how this list of 10 came to be. So, uh, But it started... Uh, I think a good way to start this is to ask, what is the hardest part about parenting? Mm -hmm. And the answer for Rachel and I is very easy, and that is your kids are free agents. Right. <laughs> um, what I mean by that is they have a free will that God has said, I want you to love me, but I'm not going to force you to love me. I'm not going to make you a puppet. Similar with our kids, we can do the best job possible, but there is no formula. So as we go through this list, I don't want anybody to hear if I do these 10 steps or three of these 10 that I'm home free. Your kids will still make their decisions to follow God, to reject God, to love and honor you as parents, or to reject your wisdom. So uh, keep that in mind as we go, th go through this. Uh, again, it's not a formula. Parenting is hard work. But here's the deal as we get into the first one. Sounds good. Let's do it. It's it's serious business. Um, your kids are going to leave in the blink of an eye. Uh, I like to say the days are long, but the years are short. And so take this seriously. Be intentional. Don't be a whatever parent that just throws in the towel and gives up. So as we go through this list, uh, we're going to go through them roughly in the order that you'll face them as parents. Uh, so somewhat of a chronological order, if that makes sense, it'll make more sense when we get to the, uh, and when you see the whole list. So the first item, the first hot button issue to be intentional about as a parent is church devotions and family worship. So as a couple, uh, with kids, you need to decide, are we going to go to church? Which one? And you need to be united in that effort, uh, you know, if, if you came from two different denominations uh, or maybe two different branches of Christianity, or maybe one of you was a Christian and one of you wasn't when you got married, this is a decision to be intentional about and say, okay, we're going to go to this church, we're going to go these times, and we're going to be serious about our church attendance, the devotions uh, we do with our kids, or what I like to call family worship. And that is the best decision Rachel and I ever made on this topic. And with each of these 10, I'll share a specific best decision. And so Rachel and I grew up in Christian homes. 
our parents tried to do a family devotion maybe once in a while, but we would neither of us would say we grew up in a family that did regular family devotions or family worship. And even though we missed plenty of times as a family, uh, I liken it to brushing teeth. I didn't actually brush my kids' teeth every night, but you know what? They grew up in a family that brushed teeth, and yeah. they would they would say that. And similarly with family worship, they would all say that they have memories of us regularly uh, getting up at different times. So sometimes uh, through the seasons of life, we did it before I left for work. Sometimes we did family worship at the end of the day, but we had a regular routine where we read scripture, we sang songs, and specifically got on our knees as a family to pray. And that was one of the most moving parts for Rachel and I is to not only hear these sweet little voices of young kids sing songs to God, but when we would get down on our knees and we would pray as a family, the bonding that happened, the priority of God in our family life, and our kids seeing that, man, mom and dad are serious about this. They must really love this God. I want to know who he is. And that introduced our kids in many ways to this big, loving, awesome, glorious God. Yeah. Amen. I love family worship time. We do that every day as a family. I love that I have a husband who is so intentional about doing that. We've done it since our kids were itty bitty and, and it doesn't have to take a lot of time. It doesn't have to be an hour long sermon. It's as simple as opening up God's word. You know, we, as a family, we read through the Bible, um, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And um, Garrett exposits it for us when necessary. And it's just so great to worship together. And then we pray together as a family. And it, there's nothing more powerful than being able to do that. And we have the privilege and the freedom to do that with our kids. And so praise God for that. Um, yeah. Family Amen. worship time. Tell me really quickly, um, when you, when you did that, as you worked through reading the Bible, did you guys, would you study a specific book um, we, we also do a lot of scripture memory as a family during that time as well. Did you guys do scripture memory? Did, how did you do other than, you know, reading your Bible and praying on your knees and worship? Right. Did um, you yeah, have so a specific script, thing that you scripture did? Scripture memory is, it will be the second uh, point that okay. we'll go through. But uh, during our family worship time, we had a variety of things. There were times we just read a Psalm and a proverb, sang some songs, said a prayer. There were times that we actually went through a book. There were a couple of, yeah. Uh, catechism books that we went through with the kids. Uh, I remember when I read the book by Randy Alcorn called titled Heaven. That was an amazing book. And then when he came out with Heaven for Kids, we read that book with the kids and there were questions to ask along the way. Uh, and and then there were times when we read a, and kind of studied a specific book, like the book of James, uh, the book of Genesis, uh, the books that have some narrative or some clear doctrine and teaching, and we'd uh, you know just we, we wouldn't take forever to get through them, but we'd we'd go through them in a way that was somewhat organized. But most of the time, uh, Proverbs and Psalms were a regular part, and an, th that's an easy one to go to. Um, there's 31 Proverbs, so if you're on the 15th of the month, read Proverbs 15, right? Uh, and it's a great way to go through Proverbs each month. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. 
It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC Math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Davis. I don't know how that first 10 minutes went by so quickly, but we only got to point one. We have 10, but we have, I don't know, a whole week to talk about these things. So what's your second point? Yeah, we'll get through this list, I promise. So we will. Point number two, um, your kids are getting older, you're having meal times together. You need to be intentional, as in radically intentional, about what mealtime looks like. Because it can be total chaos, or it can be moments that your kids look back on as great in their life. And I'll say this, all seven of my kids have been launched, and this is one of the biggest times that they look to where they see a difference in their life compared to their peers who didn't have meals together as a family. So first of all, just sit down and have meals. If you're homeschooling, you can do breakfast, lunch, and dinner potentially and have all three meals together. So make this a time for discussion, for conversation, for learning how to cook, uh, setting a table, cleaning up afterwards. There's so many opportunities for teaching, training, and relationship building during mealtime. Now, the best decision we ever made uh, as far as how we used our mealtimes was we memorized uh, verses during mealtime. So we talk about plenty of things, and somebody might bring up easy or hard discussions. But then it was time where it's like, okay, guys, let's go through our memory verses. And we would just go around the table. And we did a wana at uh, several of the churches that we, we were at. Sometimes it was Sunday night. Sometimes it was Wednesday night. But mealtime, we practiced our memory verses. And it, it, it took a while to go through and around the table. Mom and I, uh, Rachel and I, had verses that we were memorizing with the kids or separately from the kids. So that is one of the memories because uh, and, and best decisions we made because it was part of our family culture. Yeah. Our kids associated mealtime with Bible memory time. Yeah, love it. Great stuff. All right. What's number three? All right. So the kids are getting older. Uh, they're starting to, you know, feel their sin nature, unfortunately, and disobey. Mm -hmm. So you got to be intentional about how are you going to discipline your kids? What does this look like? Uh, are you going to do time out? Are you going to uh, take privileges away? Are you going to spank them? There's all these different options and thoughts and ideas of how to discipline your kids. What I like to say is think of your kids as sheep and you're their shepherd. And you want to be a good shepherd. So whether you're the mom or dad, don't let anger rule the day. When your kids disobey, don't think of it as an interruption to your day. Think of it as, like you said, a privilege of parenting. This is a chance for, oh, one of my kids disobeyed. Let me jump in. I'll volunteer to take care of this and talk to them like a sheep and say, 
because you're my sheep, I'm going to discipline you. I'm going to train you to do what is right because it's good for you. Because if you leave the circle of safety, there's a wolf out there that wants to get you. I don't want that to happen to you. And your kids will actually respond, especially young kids that are learning what it looks like to obey and honor their parents. And they will respond in a way that can be beautiful at times where you actually connect with their heart, make an emotional bond, and they realize my parents actually love me and they want the best for me. And that's why they're bringing me back into the fold. Yeah, I love that point so much. Um, Ginger Hubbard, who's a good friend of mine, when I think it was before Brooklyn was even born, I read her book, Don't Make Me Count to Three. And I used to listen to her, you know, speak and talk on podcasts and stuff. And that's one of the things I learned from her is that when you're disciplining, disciplining your kids is to tell them, you know, I, I'm correcting you or you're getting disciplined because I love you too much to allow you to disobey. And we still tell our girls that, and we tell them, you know, that sin causes pain, but obedience brings blessings. And because we love them, we don't want them to have pain in their lives. We want them to have the blessings of the Lord. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to have hardships in their life. Of course we are. But we want them to have as few hardships as possible and not due to their own sin. And so that's such an important one is being intentional about disciplining our kids because we love them. But like you said, not doing it in anger, doing it and saying, you know, we're disciplining you because we love you. We love you too much to allow you to disobey and get away with it, at least under this roof. Exactly. So, so that's such a good one. Okay. So the first one was uh, church devotions and family worship. The second one was meal times. Um Third one is discipline. What's number four? Number four is what I call kids, kids, and more kids. So you've had the first kid, you've had the second kid, and now you're starting to think, do we have a third? Do we have a fourth? What What do we do here? And this is a place where God really got a hold of Rachel and I's heart. Um, we live in a world where There's technology that exists that gives us this false impression that we can control the size of our family and the number of kids we have. And it's it's hard to remember at times that in this modern age, God is still sovereign. And so as we were had our second and third, I was asking all the typical questions of, can we afford another kid? Um, You know, are we going to have enough time to give each of them the attention they need? You know, And the list can go on and on, and it becomes kind of silly at times. But I I remember where I was as I was wrestling with God, praying about this, driving home one day, and God just convicted my heart that I got this. I'll take care of you. And so we gave control to God. This was the best decision that we made on this subject, is we allowed God to control the size of our family. Now, my motto was this. One at a time, and it's not a contest. Right. <laughs> so you know, the, the it's if you have one or two, the, the, you don't shouldn't feel bad that you don't have nine or ten. If you got nine or ten kids, you shouldn't flaunt that or make somebody else feel bad because there's all kinds of issues that people deal with from infertility yeah. to health issues. I mean, we live in a sinful world, and sin can affect bodies and um, and this topic in very real ways. Yeah, But has your heart turned to the kids and specifically the kids yet to be born, as it says in Psalm 78? And so I would really encourage and challenge folks to 
think about where they are on this. Are they willing to give control to God and see what God might do? And what I'll say is we realized after having seven that there's many un um there were consequences or there were positive consequences that we didn't predict that we had no idea would come our way and part of it one of them is just how close the siblings are they enjoy being together and we bring the whole crew together for thanksgiving typically i mean they they are getting older and it's not easy all the time but our kids enjoy each other's company and uh, even as they're getting married and starting their own families. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. All right. So kids, kids, and more kids, and I'm with you on that. You know, our Garrett and um, my heart have really changed since we first got married and thinking, you know, we we want to have, you know, the perfect family with two kids and, you know, just the, the what we thought was ideal. And, um, you know, God certainly... Um, has changed our hearts. And like you said, I mean, we were a family who has dealt with infertility for many years. We are so blessed to have the two that we have, um, but they did not come easily. <laughs> so we we are so thankful for them. Um, but, you know, the Lord knows. He knows the perfect size for every family. And so I, I'm i with you on that. I, I would have lots and lots more if I could, um, but the Lord knew exactly what I needed. And I'm so grateful for what he's blessed us with. We are out of time right now, though. And I don't think that you mentioned this at the very beginning. Um, we didn't really do an introduction for you. I mean, I just was like, Davis Carmen is back on the podcast. Um, but for those who don't know, Davis is the president of Apologia Ministries. He and his wife um, run Apologia. I know that many of you use Apologia curriculum, and we are so thankful to have them as sponsors on the podcast and just as good friends. You guys, let me just tell you, they are the real thing. They stand behind the product that they sell and publish. And God is using them in amazing ways to provide curriculum for homeschool families that will help us point our kids towards Jesus. And that is the most important thing. And so I'm so thankful, Davis, for you and Rachel and for the ministry that you have through Apologia. And speaking, you guys speak all over the place. You're always speaking at homeschool conventions and conferences and you're traveling all over the place. So if you guys ever have a chance to listen to them speak, go. If you see that their names pop up and they're like, come here, Rachel Carmen or Davis Carmen speak, go and listen to them because they are full of so much wisdom. Um, so Davis, thank you for being with us. We will be back on Wednesday. And I'm so excited to announce that the Homegrown Generation Family Expo is back. It is coming March 6th through 9th. I know many of you have been waiting for this online conference to come back. If you missed the one in 2020, you are in for a treat. This is a live and fully interactive online conference where you get to talk with our speakers um, online. You can ask questions, you can comment and interact with them. It's so exciting. And we have an incredible speaker lineup once again, by God's grace. He is so good to provide us with just the most powerful, engaging and encouraging speakers. Um, it's the things that we need to hear. It's the things that I need to hear. It's the encouragement that I need and that I know you need as well. Registration is now open at homegrowngeneration.com homegrowngeneration.com. See you guys there. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you back here next time. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy 
and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. 